Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Uh, we are excited today to have our guest on, Kayleen Canavari. So, Kayleen, we'll, we'll turn it over to you for a little introduction, please. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Dennis. I'm happy to be here. My name is Kayleen. I'm the founder and CEO of Flexia. We help people build strength, flexibility, and mindfulness through Pilates on a reformer. So you can think of us like Peloton for Pilates. Fantastic. That's awesome. I know there's a lot of trainers out there that have never done Pilates. What is Pilates? Like, what is the base root of it? Yeah. So Pilates can be done on a mat or on a variety of equipment. We're focusing on the reformer, which is probably something you see most commonly in a studio. And it's a thing about the size of the couch with a carriage in the middle that has wheels and moves back and forth. And all the resistance is provided by extension springs. And so it's a way for people to train their end ranges of motion I know you guys are familiar with (laughs) under load, but also provides more surfaces feedback. So you can easily ramp it up, take away support, make it more challenging or add in support if there's a particular deficiency or pain you're working around. And then surfaces like the carriage or the foot bar actually provide proprioceptive feedback so that you have a better idea of where your body is in space. So not only are you moving and moving some weight and trying to build flexibility, but you're gaining that body awareness that can help translate into other activities in life. Yeah, we're we're big fans of increased body awareness because we we say that all the time. There are a lot of people that need to improve that function, that ability and awareness. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much I think body awareness is tied into body confidence mm-hmm. and then being able to take, you know, you're working on something in the gym, right? Essentially the lab, and then you can take that out and sort of unconsciously have a better hike or have a better like play day on the basketball court or whatever, right? Like I think the it's a subtle it's a subtle translation, but once people do it, it's so cool. Yeah, you know, it's just about finding unique ways or different ways to tap into that awareness for someone, whether it's, you know, systemic or it's just in a joint or a little area in the body. Exactly. Is there like a uh, intimidation factor that a lot of people have towards a reformer? Absolutely. I think if you like Google image search reformer Pilates, it's all these like ballerina-esque people doing really acrobatic moves. And that can be really intimidating. I mean, I have a lot of people, I I would say the best success stories in the studio are people who you don't currently see in a Google image search. One of my favorite clients was a retired gentleman who was a lifelong soccer player. And he still played soccer, but he tore his hip labrum. And had surgery, went through rehab, but was still not confident in moving on a soccer field. He could do all of the like PT rehab stuff, but he needed some focused effort on strengthening the affected side. And so he came in and at the encouragement of his wife, who was a regular client in the studio, and he was kind of like, uh, I don't know, like... (laughs) how much you're going to be able to help me. I've heard good things, but, and we worked together for about six weeks and he ended up telling me like, this was so amazing. 
I got more out of this than, you know, any of the other training I've done. And I'm now back on the soccer field playing with my team, which is the ultimate goal to get back and feel like himself again. And I think that's just a testament to this type of training where you're really focused on not just increasing the load, but the body awareness through that whole range of motion. Do you think it's men that are mostly intimidated by Pilates because it's, I guess, in the media or in the pictures you see, it's mostly women doing it? I think that's part of it. I was in a startup accelerator over the summer and our managing directors, like mid to late 30s, former professional basketball player. And he was like, I've never done Pilates. Like, I'm going to introduce you to my network. And we started meeting some of his really good friends who were guys in their like mid 30s, 40s. And it turns out all of his friends were doing Pilates in secret. (laughs) They would would have their, they would I know. And and they had no idea that all of these people in their network were also doing Pilates, right? Because their instructor would come to their house, their wife would do it with them. And so it was, I will never set foot in a studio, but this is something that actually makes me feel really, really good. And so I'm going to keep doing it. And that way I can go play pickup and not have a whole bunch of back pain or knee pain afterwards. And I think that sort of opened his eyes as to like, I, I don't know, like as, as a mid thirties person myself, the aging process and the desk life, right, is humbling sometimes. And you want to be able to do the stuff you used to be able to do, but it takes more training and effort to be <laughs> prepared for it. And so I think it was sort of like, a oh, Let's think about this as, you know, from a different perspective in terms of the functionality of life. So the reformer gives you that nice added stability then to get into pretty much any position you're looking to achieve, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then it allows you to put load under that in those positions. We do have some Pilates coaches that use the sticks with the reformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of people look at it and they're probably like, what the hell's going on? Can you explain what that combination would be? Would be? Yeah, absolutely. So I have limited experience, but I have done it, Pilates and stick mobility together. And the stick is a really awesome tool, again, for proprioceptive feedback. And one of the things that Pilates, we've talked about what Pilates is really good at, but in many cases, it's harder to do to get that same sort of feedback in a standing position, which mm-hmm. is obviously a really relevant position to train in. Mm-hmm. And so by adding the stick to some standing work, you're now connecting the loop to the floor. So instead of just your feet connected, you've now got your upper body connected. Mm-hmm. And that just helps create a better connection, right? The closed chain, <laughs> closed yeah. chain movement so that you have a better sense of where you are in space. So that, that's that been a really powerful way for, for Pilates instructors to incorporate the stick into their Pilates sessions. Oh, that's awesome. It really is. So I know you've uh, involved a lot of tech and metrics into your Pilates, right? Yes. I think one of the hardest things about body awareness is knowing when you have it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't tell you how many clients come into the studio and they make incredible changes over the course of four weeks or six weeks or whatever. And you go, oh my gosh, Jared, like 
can't you feel it? You're moving so efficiently or you're looking really good in this thing that you couldn't do in the beginning. And they're like, I guess. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. I guess I, I guess if I think about it, I haven't really had as much pain as I did before. And yeah. And you know, my, my mom is a physical therapist and she doesn't have to be sold on the benefits of Pilates. But it's still not a regular practice for her. And this is sort of one of the really motivating things for me was her story. You know, she's a self-described, self-proclaimed, uncoordinated person. And she's also competitive. She was a competitive swimmer her whole life. And so coming into Pilates, she intrinsically knows the benefit of the movements, but there's no way for her to track whether she's getting better at it mm. because she has a hard time connecting with it. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I love my Peloton because I can go on and I could see like, I don't care about the leaderboard, but I can at least see like, this is my output for the ride and I'm getting better. Mm. Right. And so for Pilates, there's not even right now, there's no way to measure any sort of load control speed, anything, right. Because it uses springs. You can't even say I moved 20 pounds today. Tomorrow, yeah. I'm going to move 25. That's very mm -hmm. hard, much less that's not really the goal of Pilates. So with Flexia, we're bringing tech into the reformer situation so that we can measure things like control, consistency, range of motion, compile them into a movement quality score that gives people a way to track and work toward this idea of body awareness. So that it's not so woo-woo or ethereal, right? Mm. And it's not all about bulking up or getting stronger, although those things are all fantastic, mm. right? They're perfectly great goals. It's about how can we use tech to add this other part to your movement practice, this body awareness, flexibility, control. So that's really where I'm really excited for um, our tech to get into more people's hands. So is this software separate from the, it's integrated into the reformer itself? Yes. So you could, we have our hardware, which we consider the reformer itself, which I designed. And then we put technology on there. So some sensors, and then that talks to over Wi-Fi, our online studio platform, where we're creating, showing online classes of different lengths and levels and goals. And the sensor talks to the online platform to give the user real-time feedback. We track your progress, so you get a report at the end of class. And then based on your goals, we can give you smart recommendations about what to try next in order to get you closer to what you're working toward. So are there like a set of basic Pilates patterns or movements <clears throat> that give you this baseline? Like where someone tests that in the beginning and then as they get better and better, or is it... There are an infinite number of <laughs> Pilates type exercises, oh, at least. Hmm. There are there are maybe 100 to 150 like base exercises, and then you can change them up in various ways. Most of those show up in the first several classes that a user can do. So they don't have to take a movement assessment. Okay. They can mm. do it in the course of a class. Mm. But we can do a movement assessment as well if they just want to cut to the chase. And so that gives, right? So let's say, how much control do you have in a bridge? Is the, when you lift your hips up, is the carriage moving or are you able to keep it still? 
if the technology is sensing that you're having a hard time controlling the carriage, then it would ding and say, why don't we try a different spring weight Mm. so that we can give you some more support so that you can bump your control score up and know what that control feels like. And then over time, we can back that off as you gain more strength and control to increase your load. Oh, that's great. So you're essentially telling people like, hey, look, when you're in this position, if you have enough stability, then we can move on. And if you don't, then we need to regress you. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure I'm sure you guys have all had your clients like where they I've been this person as well in a class where there's a directive, right? Move Mm -hmm. from A to B. Mm -hmm. Right. And you just do it as fast as you can. Okay, I'm done. Right. Move my arm from A to B. But when you're trying to train a new habit or body awareness, it's about the journey. So bringing attention to how you get it from A to B with what speed, with what consistency. And what I'm constantly telling clients in the studio is, can we slow it down? Right. Mm -hmm. One of the main things we go through is like when you're laying on your back and you're pushing the carriage in and out with your legs, like in laying down doing a squat basically can you count to four as you press out and count to four as you come in do you have the ability to not just go out and in however willy-nilly you want but drive that control so that you are consciously doing something a different way and that's the measurement that i think is really interesting it's not that that's how you should always do it it's just that you now have the ability to go fast or slow and it's even because you want to. Yeah, self-regulation is something that we see a lot of people lacking. So for us, uh, one of our things is always, you know, slow it down because that's where you set your neuromuscular patterning is with that slower movement itself, which is the difficult part for most people because yes. the the brain goes, "Oh, this is really hard. Yes. Uh, let me get it done, just in, done and over with." So it's uh, Eric Cressy actually made a post. Uh, yesterday where he said slow down is a great cue yes uh, we we use that a lot and i think about it a lot in terms of the conscious competence cycle not that slower is always better but slower allows you to consciously recognize what's happening Mm -hmm. so you can change it and then make it an unconsciously like good thing you do but you can't go to unconsciously good without recognizing what's happening exactly Mm -hmm. so i use that cue a lot as well. The other analogy I like to use is when people learn how to drive a car, you you don't go right out on the throughway to learn how to drive a car, right? I mean, no. if you did, we wouldn't be here right now most likely. Like you it's a new thing. So it, it's something that all kids see, but when they actually they know how it works, but when they actually it's their turn to actually do it, you know, you take them in a parking lot and you that's where you start. So I think yeah. that analogy for a lot of people hits home. They go, "Oh, okay. I get what you're what you're after now." Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a good one. So would Pilates be something that you would say maybe two, three times a week as far as frequency? Yeah. So Pilates is really good, a complement to other activities. And if, it depends on what else you're doing. Mm-hmm. Some people only do Pilates and obviously that's fine, but it mm-hmm. depends on your goals. And so depending on those goals, what else you're doing, Anywhere from one to three or four times a week is a really great cadence to keep. So I might see someone who is playing soccer twice a week, going to the gym twice a week to lift weights, 
And then I see them once a week to really work on mobility and, and flexibility and control. And that's kind of a a compliment to to help them do what else they want to do. And then I see other people who are like, my brain can't stand anything else but Pilates. So I'm just going to come here four times a week. And that's my exercise. So with all the, you know, the tech that you have in your reformer, is that only at your studio right now? Yeah. Or? So we are selling direct to consumer. So oh, you can buy okay. and put it in your home. That's the, the intent. Um, and maybe one day we'll have it available for studios where, um, we can help the instructor gain some data on the on the clients they're working with, or maybe enable a hybrid workout experience on a local basis. But yes, it is patent pending technology and only available through Flexia. That's awesome. Yeah. What you had said earlier about not having that empirical data to look at mm-hmm. can be a, a really a, a struggle for some because people are all about I want to see where those numbers are, where those angles are, what's changing. Yeah. There's so much technology out there that is so cool, but, and we can often, I think as consumers be overwhelmed with what is available to us. And then there's the question of, well, is it actually telling me what I think it's telling me? And those are, you know, maybe they're a little nerdier considerations Mm -hmm. than the average consumer, but I think this isn't something that I've seen other people try and tackle in this way. And so I'm excited to approach the problem and and have a new solution for it. Yeah, because it's really tough to quantify uh, movement quality. Yes, it will be. It's a long journey, right? Because there's a lot of science in it. There's a lot of, we need a lot of users, a lot of validation. Mm-hmm. There's so much, so much nuance in the human body and, and, and movement. And, and I think one of the things that as a Pilates instructor, I often, I, I want to make sure to say like, this technology won't replace exactly what an instructor can provide, mm-hmm. right? In general, there's an in-person experience and an at-home experience, and they're two very different experiences, and mm-hmm. it's impossible to replicate them. But they're both appropriate in certain situations, and they both do provide different things, right? Convenience, maybe some social connection, mm-hmm. some eyes that have higher processing power, than than current you know algorithms, and so I think a combination of the both is actually where the future of fitness is. But I do think this is the first step in saying there are a lot of things that trainers say all the time. It's the same thing, right? It's the same baseline, and then maybe it's tweaked based on a little bit of what the client is doing. And so if we can start to create that foundation and build this neural network of, okay, now what happens if, what happens if, what does this mean? Then we're on the way to creating a path, a a world where actually we can help not just the person, but also maybe the instructor, right? Mm -hmm. And, And validate what are they seeing? So they can actually focus less on the mundane corrections and cues and more on the client specific ones and back them up with measured, measured quantities. So big, big future that I, I want to envision, at least in this space. I think there are, are, um, it's really cool to always meet people like yourselves who are kind of working in parallel with different modalities and tools toward a similar goal. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to give people more options, 
You know, because I think that's what people don't know what's out there. You don't know what you don't know. And then we we often see the intimidation factor for a lot of different tools mm-hmm. is, a, is, a, is a big roadblock for people. So the more people that we can show options, these are different things you can look into. It's just like restaurants, you're bound to find one that you like to eat at eventually, right? Yes. So it's, it's, it's just getting out there and experiencing these things. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's really interesting, you know, one of the one of the things that we get a lot of pushback for is well, a reformer is a big thing, right? So, even if you could afford it, do you have the space for it? Mm. And so, right, there's there are so many accessibility factors from intimidation, from cost, from space requirements, from, you know, can your body do this certain thing? It's I think there's something out there for everyone, exactly mm. like you said. We just had a guest on talking about hypermobility. I think, am I wrong in saying I think Pilates is something that would be really beneficial for somebody that's hypermobile? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're working on control throughout the range of motion. For hypermobile folks, it's not always comfortable or desired to hang out in to like literally hang out in, mm-hmm. you know, end range of motion. So building that control in that range is really, really beneficial. Because I have suggested this, you know, people that are hypermobile and love yoga, sometimes I'm like, maybe you should check out some Pilates, you know, change it up a little bit, add that in there. It depends, right? This is another like philosophical debate of, do you ask someone to change if they don't have any pain or symptoms? Yeah, yeah. Right? I get that a lot in my my physical therapy friends. <laughs> I'm not a physical therapist, but my friends are are you know it's a, a debate in all the running conferences. Like, do you change someone's gait pattern because if you think yeah. you know better? But if they're not having any problems, then yeah, what do you do? But yeah, I I, I think what you brought up, Dennis, about you know yoga versus Pilates in that sense is probably spot on. Uh, are there other like say arthritis? Other things, pathologies that people have to uh, live with that uh, Pilates would probably be a little, probably more beneficial than just going to a weight, to a gym and lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Ah, absolutely. So it's really, really good for back pain, um, arthritis, anything where high impact kind of makes you flare up. For some autoimmune diseases, it's really good because it's as well, low impact and low intensity in in some cases. I think it's also really good for people who want to, who have some vestibular challenges as you're aging, right? Developing more balance. And because you're on a moving platform, your vestibular system is always working, even if you're laying down. So it's a nice halfway point to work on balance training without just standing on one leg, which is also very good. But you see it a lot. So it, it's got its uses. I, I like to give the example that my grandmother, who's 80 and has spinal stenosis, could do basically the same workout as LeBron James, who we know does Pilates. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're going to have a little bit different weights mm-hmm. and maybe ranges of motion. But the end goal for both of them is that they have control and ease of movement and they're working toward that body awareness and progressing there. And so that, you know, bringing it back to the movement quality score, right? 
that's what they could both have the same movement quality score, even though they're doing slightly different tasks, because mm-hmm. in the context of how they're moving, mm-hmm. they're doing it really well. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. You should <laughs> throw one in the stick now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Instrumented stick. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Cause that's something we've talked about as far as the stick is giving some type of ability to show how much shear force you can generate, how much torque, you know, cause once again, people like to see the numbers. Mm-hmm. They yeah. like to see improvement because we just say, well, it's more once again, body awareness and understanding I am getting stronger. I am getting more range of motion. So, yep. you know, we can video that, you know, you're, we have coaches, they can video that for their clients, but still it's, it, some clients still want to see yeah. just those n- raw numbers, that raw data. And it yeah. looks different depending on your body type, right? Like Dennis's movement quality is going to look different than my movement quality. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that body diversity and movement diversity is so overlooked in the conversation about fitness. Yeah. Cause Trina, Trina talked to us about that and mm-hmm. it is, it's a big point that's just ignored in, in by too many people, yeah. you know, Neil and I can accomplish the same task and look different doing it. Yep. And it's, it's, we see that a lot in the studio in the Pilates studio as well. And sometimes mm-hmm. it can be overemphasized that no, there's an exact right way that Joseph Pilates mm. wanted this movement to look and you have to do it that way or it's not right. And and actually, we, we need to step back and think, well, everybody's different, right? And actually, mm. like Joe made different reformers for different clients, so it actually fit their body, right? There's mm. actually, right, what is the point of it? Mm-hmm. What is the point of the movement, right? Mm. Like you said, accomplishing the task. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look different, a little bit different on everybody. And I love that that perspective. And it's hard because it means there's nuance. Mm-hmm. So it's not a sexy sell, right? <laughs> no, it is not. It's, it is, it's yeah. that, that, you know, when you're competing with get, get a six pack now, it's hard to compete. I, I think our consumer consumers are getting more educated and starting to understand a little bit more of the nuance, but it's really difficult when society as a whole is like, you should be able to do a handstand or you should have a six pack and Mm -hmm. here's the program that's going to give it to you. When in reality, there's so much nuance to how someone achieves that particular look. And it's not just down to one method or one diet or one, you know, Mm -hmm. doctor or whatever, right? It's for multifactorial beings. And so, you know, health is multifactorial. And we talk about this a lot that it's really difficult to, I mean, you you can't judge someone's health based on how they look because you don't know what's going on. And so that's, I think that's the challenge in society right now as, as fitness companies and movement companies is like culture says you should look a certain way, but science says, and, and health says, actually, there are these other things that go into the equation of feeling good and looking mm-hmm. good and, and living along and, and awesome life. Yeah. Cause I mean, the problem is, is by the time people retire or get to that retirement age, the quality of their overall health is decreased so great that they, they can't even really enjoy their retirement, yes. right? So you've worked all this time for what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My team and I like to talk about how we are aging. We're living longer, but we're aging faster. 
oh, as a yes. society. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a great call. Yeah, because we're seeing a lot more pathologies in younger people than at an age that it shouldn't be taking place. Something yeah. that we would normally see at a much older demographic. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see it too young of a demographic. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing to see who walks in the studio and, and how they move and, and what the complaints are and, and what they're doing all day. It's I feel it's one of those things where I feel lucky, right? I, I spent I mean, I, right now, the majority of my life is at a desk. So that's the unfortunate part. But for many, many years, it was in the studio, you know, working out in between clients, walking all day, standing all day, and just it was probably the best my body has ever felt um, because I was actually using it. Mm-hmm. And it gives me, you know, more of a taste now being at a desk more of, just how confining and and hard it is to get up from the desk at the end of the day and go move or even in the middle of the day, which is what I tell everybody to do. (laughs) (laughs) Let me stand up here. That's (laughs) what I preach. It's an interesting and sad shift. And I hope that we can be a part of the, the change and the accessibility of movement literacy and the importance of that as people age. Thank you, Kaylee, for coming on. It was fantastic. We enjoyed talking to you. Definitely getting a better background, hopefully, for the listeners out there on what Pilates is, because people just don't like to ask. Yeah. Find, <laughs> do you find that? Like, they go, they just, you tell them Pilates, and they go, oh, okay, but they don't ask yep. you what exactly it involves. Everybody has heard of Pilates, it seems like, but they don't know exactly what yoga on a machine, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> it is. It is. So is uh, as far as getting a hold of you or social media links, where can people take a look? So I'm on Instagram at Kayleen Canaveri. And you can also find Flexia on Instagram and the web. So Flexia Pilates or FlexiaPilates.com. All right. Well, thank you again, Kayleen. We appreciate talking to you. And uh Hopefully stay in touch and we look forward to talking to you down the road again. Yeah, same, same. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. And to uh, all the listeners out there, until next episode, be good to each other. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and whatever platform you're on, either Apple, iTunes or Spotify, please, if you could leave a review, we'd appreciate that. If you have any questions that we can answer for you, be sure to leave those in the comments also. If you're looking for more information on our education, our products, please go to www.stickmobility.com. And also hit that subscribe button to that YouTube channel. And don't forget our live Instagram classes three times a week. If you want to join in, grab your sticks and hit that 45 minute class.